welcome to another episode of Retailistic. We are honored to be joined today by Natasha Frank, founder and CEO of Yan. I had originally heard of this technology when I was at Shop Talk in Europe many moons ago, and there was a lot of excitement. But uh, fast forward to where we are today with so many challenges facing retailers. And Natasha, I, from everything I hear, everyone's talking to you right now. What are the biggest challenges that you're seeing face brands and retailers today, and how are you solving for it? Well, I'm glad to hear you knew about um, Eon and this kind of work so long ago. That's exciting. Um, I'd say that we are definitely reaching a tipping point, and a lot of the the challenges that brands are struggling with today um, revolve around how to capitalize on their products. Right. For years, brands have had really a customer centric philosophy and they've adopted CRM technology, enabling them to uniquely track and ID customers and manage and monetize on all those relationships. And now brands have to do the same for their products. They have to be able to uniquely ID their products and capitalize them in, on them in new ways. They have to manage them through new business models. They have to deliver on traceability. They have to deliver on customer engagement. And just as the rise of the internet changes the way that customers engage, the rise of the internet of things with product ID is now embedding that same kind of intelligence and integrity in, in their physical products um, and unlocking a world of new capabilities for brands. And how do you think about, I mean, where I had first learned about the company is we were doing, you know, a significant amount of work with regards to authentication, you know, kind of unique IDs, Web3 supply chain, et cetera. And obviously this is kind of back in my days, uh, running the think tank for Lee and Fong. Mm -hmm. How, you know, how do you kind of, you know, think about the technology, you know, more broadly in terms of some of the real pain points? And it, you know, obviously it depends if you're in luxury or, you know, if you're a dollar store in terms of and everything in between. But how do you think about the, you know, kind of this idea of unique you know, item level IDs and how it differs by retailer as well or, or type of retailer or brand? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'll introduce Eon for one second and then I'll explain what our, our philosophy. Um, so basically what we do at Eon is we work with brands to enable them to digitize their physical products, right? And I'd say that exactly what you're describing, Deborah, is like brands have thought about product digitization in very siloed ways. You digitize to authenticate or you digitize to track for sustainability. You know, it's been all of these sort of disparate softwares that they've been using to kind of half-heartedly sort of deploy on product capabilities. Now what you're seeing is brands are recognizing that they need one solution that enables them to holistically deploy on product identity. And so when they come to Eon, they're looking to create one digital twin of the product, right, that that manages all of that product data and then leverage that digital twin to drive all of those product capabilities. So now the product includes authentication. Now the product has a digital twin with all the data for supply chain and traceability. Now the product can deliver customer experience. Now the product is pre-programmed for resale. So you're starting to see this understanding that the product really needs a comprehensive operating system of its own. And so that's when brands come to Eon and we now have this adoption tipping point within industry driven by I'd say the one, the new legislation that will mandate that every product have a digital ID across the EU. 
You're also seeing this because of um, new connectivity in mobile phones. Customers can connect and scan a QR code and instantly tap an NFC, enabling them to directly connect to each physical product. And also three, you have the rise of new business models, which where products need you know a unique ID to be managed through resale and rental and even recycling and regeneration. So these three variables are kind of driving this full adoption tipping point where I think in the next few years, it will become the new normal that every single physical product has an ID um, and that there's a link between the digital and the physical and that product has a full system and, and a data um, management infrastructure behind it like eons that enables that product to drive all of its capabilities and functions. And is there anything unique about the kind of existing data platform, you know, kind of where the data resides, et cetera, that needs to happen from the retailer side before they work with Eon? So that's a, that's a wonderful question. I'd say with many brands and retailers, data is in many different systems. Right. And that's exactly what Eon specializes in doing for brands is we coalesce data from multiple different systems. So they may have some data in an Excel. They may have some data from suppliers. They may have data in PDF format for scope and transaction certificates. You know, all of these disparate data sources related to the product means that brands can't capitalize on their product data. So what Eon does is we create set up data pipelines and we create that single source of truth. So now all of the product data is in one place. And what that means is that now when the marketing team is ready to write about that product, they have access to all the information on the sustainability. That means when the policy compliance team needs to deliver on digital care label or ASHEC or digital product passport legislation, they can access all the data within the twin. So the comprehensive digital twin of the product within the Eon Product Cloud platform acts as a um, you know, a central communication tool for the company so that all the product data can be capitalized on for the variety of different business purposes. And in a day and age where organized retail crime is beyond, I think, any of us would have ever expected it to get to, how can Eon help retailers? Yeah, I'd say the digital ID is, of course, a key to authentication. We work with many luxury brands um, as well who are embedding um, brand control within their product IDs. This also becomes the, the enabler for resale, right? If you look at resale today, brands today don't have really a way to control the authentication of their products or to recapture their products for resale. So most of the profit related to resale um, is going to third parties. And most of the operations related to running a resale business, about 70%, are actually, the costs are related to IDing and, and re-IDing and managing the product. It would be like trying to run your business without the barcode. So now with the product ID, Eon has delivered some of the industry's first use cases on this where products are, are actually pre-programmed for resale. So what we did with Chloe and the Richemont group is now when the customer scans that product ID, the NFC or the QR code in the garment, they can instantly scan that product, hit resell and upload that item to resell with the listing automatically populated on Vestier Collective. So what this means that the, is that the brand is able to, one, authenticate their product in resale. They're able to push it back through profitable and revenue-generating channels. And they're also able to instantly authenticate that product when it comes back, reducing all of the process and costs associated with that model. 
So yes, the embedded authentication is critical in the product and and not only from point of production to point of sale, but really enabling brands to capitalize on their products in the second market in ways they never before have, such that they can in some ways nearly double the profit per product. Wow, that's truly unbelievable. And what, if we kind of go back in time, what led you to create Eon? I'd say I was young and an idealist, um, and I worked in smart cities. Um, And cities are all about the interconnection between people, products, and systems. Um, And I saw the impact that digital twin technology would have um, on asset utilization. So if you think about, you know, Airbnb is a digital twin of your home and Uber is a digital twin of the car, and that digital twin enables the utility of those products. And with Eon, there was just this, you know, idea to introduce a digital twin as well as the link between the digital and the physical to each and every product such that brands, customers, resellers, recyclers, you know, all stakeholders in the value chain can start to better utilize, monetize, and manage each product. And so it's a um, very interconnected business in that it offers value and connections. You know, our platform really is exchanging data at every point in the product lifecycle. So it's really a a big data, uh, end-to-end data layer for for the industry. I I like that idealistic part. Um, (laughs) And who is typically your, like, who are you speaking to at a retailer or a brand, like who is your client and how do they engage with you? Well, when I started, there was no one to speak to at a brand on this. You know, it was like trying to sell the internet to a company before the internet, right? They didn't have a stakeholder at the organization who was responsible for the internet of things or product ID. Now you do. Right, you'll have in the organization a head of connected product, a head of digital passport. So we are seeing that role um, come into fruition. Um, we also do work. You know, our primary stakeholders usually a CTO, right, um, a chief digital officer, and then of course chief sustainability officer and CMO. This is always a cross department decision. Right. And this always involves stakeholders from many different parts of the organization. And because the connected product impacts the entire business, right? The connected product offers value to marketing because now the product is a channel for commerce. It offers value to sustainability because now every product has the embedded sustainability information. It offers value to new business models because the products are pre-programmed for resale. You know, there's there's pretty much not a department within the organization that's not impacted by the product ID. Um, so it's really um, a, a powerful initiative to work on with a brand, and it does involve many stakeholders. It's interesting because, you know, as we move into 2024, we continue to hear, you know, this opportunity around resale and whether it's for, you know, kind of introducing new you know, customers to the brand at a price that they can afford. It's giving, you know, customers a way to, you know, recycle, if you will, you know, the goods that they bought back to the retailer they love and really kind of do more with one retailer. How do you see Eon evolving and doing more with these retailers and brands that are kind of working in this way to understand the opportunity and in some ways how easy this can be? Deborah, I'm so happy you asked this question. I think the way that industry has been running resale is not viable, 
right? So a successful resale program, and I'll caveat what I mean by successful, is a profitable resale program for a brand relies on one, the ability to get products back from customers. Right now, if a brand runs a resale program, very, very small percent of those of their products are actually coming back to them. Right, so that's the first challenge. Then the second challenge is it would be impossible to run a large scale business without a barcode, and we are trying to run resale without so much as a barcode on the products. While you have major, huge scale companies now launching resale, it wouldn't even be profitable to run a retail business without the barcode. Nonetheless, a resale business without product ID. Digital ID solves for both of those. One, now products are pre-programmed for resale. So all the customer has to do, scan that product, and the listing is automatically uploaded into the brand's preferred system. And that means that brands are going to be able to reduce all the friction that customers have with resale today, figuring out where to resell it, manually typing the information, what SKU, what material content, what size, right? All of that information is pre-populated. And now the customer basically has that as a service within the product that they buy from the brand. The product is pre-programmed for resale. It comes with resale for the customer, right? And that brings the product back into the profitable channels for the brand. And Eon can either push that product back into the brand's listing, which we do, you know, Mulberry is running their own resale, or we can push that listing into a third-party resale like a vestiaire collective or a peer-to-peer system like an archive. Um, then the second variable now, the product when it arrives either at the facility to be processed or whether it runs peer-to-peer, that ID can be used to process, authenticate, um, and manage that item. So it really solves for all the barriers and challenges related to resale. I just think we haven't, you know, the Internet of Things hasn't been looked at as a solution for resale. We've been trying to run resale with the technology that's existed rather than thinking about what really is going to be the enabler of, you know, this new system at scale. Well, I think the other challenge is, right, when you think of IoT, right, it's such a broad term and used in so many ways that it oftentimes can be, you know, people hear it and like run in the other direction. So like, oh, it just sounds very complicated, right, mm-hmm. and expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's also how how quickly from Let's just say, you know, either when you kind of start technically working, right, sign a contract, working with a client, how quickly can they implement this and what are some of the challenges they face along the way? You know, what's interesting is the hardest challenge is not the implementation at this point for Eon. The hardest challenge is the alignment, is, is the alignment across the entire organization to deploy at scale, right? And so... Um, when we work with a brand, we can move a brand from, you know, digital ID creation to launch within six months. Um, and, and really that also varies on their production timeline, right? Cause it has to, it's, it gets the digital ID gets introduced into the product at production. We are data carrier agnostic. So we support brands with, you know, QR code, NFC, digital fingerprint, right? A product can be connected in any way. And Eon is interoperable across those. Then when we generate that digital twin, we will start with what data is existing, right? What data is readily available to generate that digital ID? And then you can enrich that digital ID over time with material information, component information. But you don't have to begin with all of the material traceability information. And that's the pivot that we're seeing in terms of brands being able to instantly capture value is brands should be moving to digitize all of their product with all of the SKU data that's readily available 
such that they can start to capitalize on those products through customer engagement, through resale and more, and also then have the foundation to the digital ID, which they can enrich with all the material information as they're gathering that up in this, this supply chain. Perfect. That makes a ton of sense. And, you know, here we are almost, I can't believe it, you know, rounding out 23. What is ahead for Eon in 24? I'd say now that we have brands deploying and there's this this tipping point, it's about demonstrating how this technology actually enables brands to increase the profitability of each and every product. And that's what we're now starting to see our client implementations deliver, that through digitizing a product, brands can turn their simple products into revenue and data generating assets that drive customer relationships and transactions. And increasing that profitability per product is is really leading to a new financial metric, right? We increase our customer lifetime value, and now we can introduce our product profitability long after point of sale. And that's an entirely new way for a CFO to kind of look at there are revenue streams, right? We only look at revenue from a product today at one point, point of sale. Now products can drive more revenue. And so what we're building is really that data set that supports and illustrates how brands are you know, increasing the product profitability today and, and what that means for the industry. And what's really exciting is that's actually the biggest catalyst for sustainable business model transformation. If brands can prove that by creating higher quality, longer lasting, more durable products that the user is engaged with, those will generate more profit. And that can actually start to you know, change the business model of the industry. That leads to my next question because you know, all the data suggests that units are still up. And is it that we haven't been able to either from a sustainability perspective, kind of connect the dots, which is what Eon is doing. We, like, what what do you think has been the kind of single greatest, because there's a huge, right, from the consumer perspective, there's huge interest in, you know, kind of resale, previously loved, you know, kind of whatever mm-hmm. we want to call it. And I, and I even think, I mean, it's so funny, I mean, like, there's some great quotes where people are like, they even want to buy, like, you know, use yoga pants. Who would have thought, right? So mm-hmm. things that nobody would have ever thought are, are, working incredibly well in resale. What's the disconnect? That's a wonderful question. And the disconnect that we see is that brands are not capitalizing on those. Right? So today, if there's resale programs running successfully or, you know, running, it's usually not the brand that is making the money on those resale programs. Right? We've seen massive resale companies go public reselling the products of other brands. It's not the actual producer. So the producer is still motivated to produce more and more volume because they are not benefiting financially from the consumer interest in these new models. With the product ID, they will because now the product is going to be stewarded back through either them or their profitable channel. And instead of the relationship with the customer ending at point of sale, with a transactional relationship, they'll move into a transformational relationship where the brand and the customer are connected by the product. Also, when it comes to brands having to make investments in sustainable materials or recyclable materials, today they're not able to even recapture those materials. With product ID, those, pro- those materials and resources can be marked you know, 
this brand's cotton. And now those materials can be stewarded through the channels for regeneration. They can be ID'd, sorted, and those resources can make it back to the original brand or to, you know, the the right regeneration partner. Today, brands don't have a way to capitalize on the materials they produce. Even if you're a sustainable brand and you make a, you know, valuable of regenerative material, you're not able to recapture that material. So you don't really have the ability to capitalize. So I'd say the biggest challenge is that the ability to capitalize on a product's value today ends at point of sale. So there is no reason for a brand to invest um, in that, that life cycle. And the product ID changes that because now the brand has a vehicle for generating revenue from the product post-sale. So if I think about discovery of Eon, right? I mean, I think that once a retailer understands the technology, would you say, or could you help us even just, you know, we can prioritize, you know, what are the reasons that they make the decision that this is the right technology for them, right? Is it, we're seeing this like 10%, 20%, 50% increase in organized retail crime, we want to, you know, focus, right? We've had a focus on sustainability, but, you know, now we can do it in a different way, right? You know, there's this opportunity to, to better understand, right, ROI, value product, right? Is it financially driven? Is it risk driven? Is it, you know, kind of what, is it values driven? Like what, what is it? And, and, and I know it's a complicated question because I can think of probably 10 more reasons, but those are kind of the top three that I've heard from retail. Yes. And I would say for Eon, we basically work with brands who have different priorities because as I was kind of mentioning before, the infrastructure is holistic, right? We really act as the operating system for the product. So some of our clients, for example, on the luxury side will be, it's imperative to have, and I'll give you some of the primary use cases, authentication, uh, customer certificates of ownership, uh, warranty, uh, sustainable information, and resale. Right, so that will be kind of a, a luxury suite of services, um, as well as kind of, of course, policy compliance and sustainability in there. And then on the mass market side, you'll have kind of things like easy reorder. Now you can simply scan your item and with Apple Pay, you can reorder in, in a moment. Right. So we service a, a lot of mass market clients who, for the simple you know, cost of the QR code, which is essentially the same cost as a care label, can now drive commerce through the product. Um, so we've been seeing a lot of cross-selling, right? Well, you own this item. How should you wear it? How should you style it? Or how to reorder it for, for essentials and intimates? Um, so it's pretty exciting to see the breadth of those capabilities. Um, and it does, you know, it depends on the brand where they're, where they're you know, most focused. What about, you know, those retailers so, so, and then maybe help me compare and contrast. How does it change if you're a multi-brand versus if you're mono-brand? Uh, multi-branded retailers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for, you know, we work with Zalando and Net-A-Porte. We've done their private label with them, right? So when you're the, that's when they're the creator of the digital ID, Right. So when you own and produce the brand, you are sort of the digital ID generator. In the same way that a reseller can connect to a product ID to access the data, to authenticate the item, retailers will actually also be connecting to product ID. So, 
And that is becoming a very exciting capability that, um, you know, we didn't even foresee when we were kind of focused on working on this. But today there's a lot of challenges between data exchange between brand and retailer. And more and more brands have to um, give sustainability data to the brands when they resell it. So now in Eon, we have pre-built modules where we understand exactly the different data criteria that a specific retailer will need for sustainability and from that brand. And so when the brand creates the digital ID in Eon, they have all their product data in there. So now one of the people that they can share it with in a permissioned way is the retail partner. So now the retail partner can access all of the data on that item. They may also share it with the reseller. They may also share sets of data with the customer. They may also even eventually, Deborah, start to share this data with Google search, right? Mm. Because they have all the sustainability product data. So having the digital twin allows brands to capitalize on the data. And I think that is, you know, there's not that many big data people within some of these brands. Um, And so as we're, you know, these use cases are really illuminating to people what's possible. Um, And once you have the digital twin set up, it's really exciting to start to to connect them. So yeah, retailers are not generators of digital ID, but they are accessors of the product ID. One thing, for example, that Coach has done um, with their product IDs is they have a digital certificate, right? So now when the customer actually buys the product through another retailer, Coach is turning those anonymous customers into known customers because now the customer scans and registers and accesses a whole world of services. So previously, products that Coach distributed through retail retail channels, they didn't know. And now through the product ID, they can start to know their customers. It's really, I mean, I want to leave it on that note because that is such a powerful statement. And such a change, and especially, right, you know, everyone's going and chasing, you know, kind of bright, shiny objects right now around Gen AI. But to me, this is, you know, first of all, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, ever since I learned about Eon. And, you know, as with all my time in supply chain, this is something that's always made sense, right? Because I also think about, you know, reverse supply chain, not reverse as in somebody's returning something, but reverse as in, right, one person has utilized it, how do they kind of throw it back into the fish pond and somebody else exactly. kind of fishes it back out? And you've you've really what you've done is you've really made it accessible across the retail spectrum, and I think that you know it's it's interesting. It's a lot of power and a lot of responsibility all at the same time. It feels like we are at a very exciting tipping point, and we're we feel very grateful to have brands be adopting. And it's also incredibly fortuitous that right now there's legislation that will say. Listen, every product will need to have a product an ID, um, and I think that's going to bring a whole new level of accountability and intelligence to our world. So it's very exciting, and thank you so much for for having me here. Absolutely, I have to contextualize your last comment because I am incredibly passionate about Web three supply chain, right? Which is exactly what you're doing. And so we spoke at Shop Talk in March of this year, and I would say it was not a full audience. I think that's the <laughs> nicest way to put it. And I was like, it was like the end of the day. It was the farthest room, right? You're like, in your mind, you're like, you know, legitimizing why nobody's there. So then, right, we speak at Shop Talk Europe in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And it is like standing room only. Not everyone can even fit in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes exactly back to what you said, right? The legislation in Europe is far ahead of what we're seeing in the U.S. around this. And so they're having to figure out how to implement this. But I personally believe that the U.S. is not far behind. 
And so it is really interesting based on your geography as well. If you're a global retailer, right? Just mm-hmm. the the difference in, you know, perspective because of that, but also understanding what's possible at the same time. And I've never thought about that from a geographic perspective until I saw it with my own eyes. Mm. And really realizing, right, you know, the the more kind of markets you're in, the more global you are, the better you understand, right? What can also you may feel like it's legislation, but it's also helping you introduce better business practices exactly. that ultimately could lead to a stronger bottom line. Exactly. I think it's very interesting to see these European brands be leading and kind of the, the have to now might be because of policy, but they're like, oh, wow, now I can actually, you know, do drive transactions and customer experience and resale and service and double the profit per my per product. You know, it's it's going to be, I think, I think the adoption tipping point might be the legislation, but the value is going to be to the business too. So very well said. thank you for that context. I, I can't wait to continue to follow your success. Congratulations on being a commerce tech power player. And we look forward to having more conversations with you. Everyone, I was very honored today to have this really kind of, I would say, connected, I, really connecting all of the dots in my career uh, through one person between kind of supply chain to retail to uh, technology and Natasha really, you know, truly unbelievable. Thank you for joining us and really helping us connect dots that maybe haven't really been connected before and understanding the value in everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Everyone, please like, subscribe on your podcast channel of choice. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode of Retailistic. Please identify some of uh, you know the upcoming topics you would like and uh, message us. We want to make sure that we're here for you. Thanks. Have a wonderful day.